0: This is Loudspeaker. Hi, and welcome to Connecting a Better World, where we spend time meeting some of the most incredible human beings who make this world a better place. We will learn how each individual took their ideas, mission, and purpose to create and serve others in business and organizations that surround social good, social entrepreneurship, and social impact, and find out how we, together, can further connect others to help. I am your host, Dr. Natalie Phillips. Today, I will be talking with Chris Ann Long, founder of a network called Bridge Local, created to help locals in her community connect. Started 10 years ago and out of the passion to help others, her Facebook community has grown to over 10,000 people. Chrisanne is connected to so many people doing meaningful work and has become an advocate for the voices of many entrepreneurs surrounding economic development, access to capital, procurement, and committed to developing a better community and world. I am so 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 excited you know that our our next guest that we have for the podcast is actually I want to say a really good friend I just feel like we are you know it's been fun because a lot of my guests have been coming from clubhouse so you heard me say this before but it's so true it's interesting because it is a social media app that is audio only but we host room every morning and this woman shows up and just shares so much of herself and it's like you have this community or family there and so this is one of our members of our family because she shows up every morning and just shares so many stories and wisdom and it's so much fun so
1: I want to introduce Chris and long welcome to the show this is fun I am enjoying the opportunity to be here with you today so let's start off by
0: just um, introducing yourself to my listeners and tell me a little bit more about
1: who you are like what's your story so the the quick answer is I'm Chris Ann Long and I'm an entrepreneur. I live in Central Florida. The city I live in is Lakeland and I live in Polk County which is right in between Tampa and Orlando. I started a business in 2009 so I'm not as much of a newbie as I sometimes feel to the entrepreneurial world. And before that I was a teacher. I taught middle school English and reading in Polk County. You know, that's the quick answer. Well, I know so much more about you. You know, you were an <laughs> athlete.
0: You know, I know that you have your own podcast show. The heart of the show is really looking at people who are doing good in this world, right? And so I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you grew up and if you had some sort of role model or somebody that you looked up to that, you know, helped you create
1: this heart of space. So the only person that I can give credit to the heart of service is my mom. And I shared with Natalie and and the family earlier this week about kind of where there was a troubled adolescence in my story. So I was a rebellious teenager. I don't know exactly why, except I think now I do because there was always this entrepreneurial gene in me that was just wanting to be recognized and acknowledged and allowed to come out. But my mother was not entrepreneurial at all. She was a teacher. And so there was a lot of love, but there wasn't a lot of um, innovation. There wasn't a lot of risk taking. There wasn't a lot of you know doing a lot of things that were just not part of the plan. So that just didn't vibe well with my mom because I was a risk taker. I think it was just a natural genetic part of who I am. She always wanted to be me to be careful, and I was not. She. So, I, do you want me to tell the story that I kind of shared today? Kind of walk you yeah, through that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm just uh, okay. sitting here
1: listening, and
0: we have so much in common because I played sports in high school too, and my mom was a teacher too. And I don't know if you knew that too. And no, I like, didn't. As know. you're speaking, I feel like you're telling my story too because it's the same thing. And, and we had talked about this earlier. This morning, too. And I think it's the generation even too of just not understanding how there are other things like it's not always the traditional. I go to school for this. I work, you know, things like that. But there is this innovation and this there is this risk taking and there is this actually risk taking to follow your dreams. Right. I would love for you to tell um, your story (laughs) that you shared this morning.
1: I really wanted to please my mom and I wanted to be all of the things that she wanted me to be. But I've always been very poor at math. And so I was in an algebra class in high school and I was going to fail. I mean, there was no real way that I could see myself passing. I had a tutor, obviously, because I sucked at it. I didn't want to do it. So there was also that part of it. But I was definitely going to fail this class. And so I, I figured out what my teacher did every every time we had a test. He, he had the test already written and he would go over like the types of problems that we would be having. And then he would stick it in his desk and then we would go to lunch and so we went to lunch and I kind of snuck back in a little bit early and I was able to like open his desk get his get the test write down all the answers stick the test back in and then get out and I got caught because I was dumb and I told somebody that I had done it and that person told on me and that's how I got caught the thing was executed perfectly if I could just could have just kept my mouth closed I would have passed the test and everything would have been fine but no So I get suspended from school because I get caught. And my mother was a teacher. My stepfather was the administrator. My my aunt, everybody in my entire family knew everything that I was doing. And so it was a big deal. It was like the the gossip in the halls at the school where, you know, Chrisanne Long got suspended. So when I did that, then I was on the softball team. And because I had been suspended, I wasn't able to play right after I got back from my suspension. So I, I did the suspension, but I also decided, well, some friends decided to come over They weren't really friends. I don't really know why they came over, but I let them in. That was dumb. And then my stepdad came home and and busted me having friends over. So I compounded the problem. You know, not only did I get in trouble, but then I had friends over unsupervised. And so then I'm off of suspension. Softball is is supposed to start. I need to go. I need to be on the bench, pay my dues for my stupidity. And my mom says she's not going to drive me to the game, which She was mad and I understood, but she didn't tell me that I couldn't go to the game. So I grabbed my bat bag, you know, those big long bags um, that you put your bats in, your glove, your uniform, your cleats, everything. And I just hopped on my 10 speed bicycle and I'm riding my bike down the busiest street in our city. And I get to the game, and it's like nothing happened. I didn't tell anybody what I had done. I wasn't running away. I was just going to to the softball game. So we're warming up. I'm not going to play, but there I am. And then the girl that I'm warming up with says something about there was a party that evening. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'm already in trouble. Why not? So... Instead of going home on the bike in the middle of the night, I ride my bike to the, to the girl's house so that we could go to the party. And from that, I just call it the Great Big Rebellion. It was a long weekend. It was actually Easter weekend. And it ended up with my mother finding out from my brother who lived in Montana at the time. He was able, and this is back in the early, late eighties, early nineties. And my brother was able to find me through a friend where I was staying and have the police come and call me to juvenile detention. So I'm now in front of a judge and the judge is asking me, you know, so young lady, why exactly do you think that, you know, you're in trouble and what's wrong and what's going on? You know, is there something going on at home? And I said, look, your honor, look at them. Look at them. They're here. They're all here. My mother, my father, my stepfather, my aunt, my uncle, my grandmother, my counselor, my counselor is even here. And I said, your honor, the problem is they love me too much. With just this defiant look on my face. Like, what a sin for them to love me so much. I'm suffocating. And so, anyway... I ended up going home. My parents um, decided that I was going to live with my aunt and uncle for my senior year. So I went to Miami and I graduated instead of my local school, I actually graduated from a a Miami school. And yeah, so, so that was just the, like that's the characterization of the young Chris Ann Long, very rebellious, very wanting to, to try new things, not afraid. I mean, there was no fear in any of this. I mean, it's pitch black in the middle of the night and I'm on a 10 speed bike with a softball bag, you know, riding along and, and you know, who cares but so yeah that was that was the story that I shared and I think what what has happened from that for me is eventually I converted into an adult. <laughs> and the lessons that I have of that love that my family gave me and the, the, the love that my mom gave me unconditionally, like here I am the biggest brat that you could possibly imagine. And yet the love was still there. There was no question. There has never been a question in my mind that my mother loved me, that my family was there for me no matter what. And so now th- at at the age of 34. Life continued to be difficult for me through a divorce, through infertility, through depression, through a lost job, through a lot of darkness that I continued to heap upon myself. It was poor decisions after poor decision after poor decision. But then at one point in time, my now husband kind of gave me an ultimatum. He goes, there's light in you. There you're a beautiful person and when you're on, I love you. But when you're when you're in the dark place, you're awful. I don't want to be around you. And so I'm leaving. Like He sent me backpacking and backpacking to my house and we were broken up. And at that point in time, I was like, I need this guy in my life. I don't want him to be gone. I don't want this to be another one of my failures. I need to change. I need to do something different. So we had started a business together and I made that my goal. I was going to make the business work or else. <laughs> I don't know what else was going to happen. There were no other options. And so I really, I committed to the business. I did everything that I could. And then about a year after our breakup, we were back together. And so the business was going on, the relationship was not. And he started to finally see that I was a reliable person that he could count on, that I wasn't going to continue the cycle. And so since then, I haven't looked back, but it's so funny to to talk about that person that I was, with this new person that is nothing like that. I mean, I'm completely different. I remember we were at a first Friday event in downtown and a friend of ours who had been a part of the network that we're going to talk about saw me. She goes, Chrisanne, I admire you. I admire you for your consistency. And I had to laugh at her because that was the first time in my life that anyone would have ever characterized me as being someone who was consistent. (laughs) I was consistently a jerk, a brat, a failure, but not consistent (laughs) in a positive way. So it was a turning point. And it's just it's been fantastic to be able to turn what my mother taught me into loving others. And that's really where the giving back comes for me.
0: I love that story. So thank you so much for sharing it here for um, my listeners, because it really is. I mean, I love that hey, you had consistency, right? I mean, I remember listening <laughs> to your story and I just kept yelling, stop it already. Like stop sneaking out or stop doing that, you know? And But hey, you were consistent, right? You're like, hey, I'm mm-hmm. already in trouble. You know, I'm honest, we'll do it. And you know, maybe that's where that strength came to, to now use it for good, right? And so I love that story. I love that your mom is intertwined as well. I love the being upset that you were loved too much to now <laughs> changing it to, Yeah, but I have so much in me now that I can give it to others and I can love other people, right? And serve other people. So let's talk a little bit about you created a network called Bridge Local. And it was, you know, initially starting to just connect people in your community, right? To each other. So talk a little bit Mm -hmm. more about what Bridge Local
1: is. So it was originally called Lakeland Business Leaders, because it was in Lakeland that I was trying to connect other businesses to one another. And I call it the story of sticking throwing mud on the wall. So I took action, like I had this idea, and I took action. And I didn't know what was going to come from it. I just had this urge, this desire to advance the process of networking and relationship building, because I knew that social media could do that. So in the traditional world of networking, you meet somebody at a networking event, you exchange a card, you send them an email to say, hey, it was great to meet you, and maybe you see them at the next networking event, maybe you don't, or maybe you run into them in some other you know time. And so your relationship ends at the moment that it starts because – It might have been a great conversation, but unless someone has the time or decides to take the initiative, the conversation isn't going to continue. With social media, you could start that conversation and start to build and strengthen the relationship almost instantaneously. And there was the opportunity with Facebook groups to make... Those connections not require people being friends. People were really resistant, especially at the beginning with Facebook. They were like, I don't want everybody all in my business. So the group gave people the padding to allow the relationships to exist, but not necessarily like, will you be my friend? And so, like I said, I threw some mud on the wall. And what I found was I was craving this kind of connection, but I was also met with a lot of people who were also craving that same kind of connection. So I just it was just a white space that nobody really realized was there. And then we filled it. And the joy that it has created for many people as far as being able to advance those that, that networking, the relationship process, because you know that you have to be genuine and authentic in order to have a sustainable friendship or relationship with anybody. That's just how life works. And so what was taking years months of you know trying to close a deal could happen at a like accelerated pace and so people were just loving what we were doing and so it continued to grow yeah and at so, at one point in time it just it it exploded and everything was just starting to get a lot, happen a lot faster than I thought would I love that
0: too, because it's exactly like what you said. Number one, it's the consistency of showing up, right? Using social media. And we know that, right? But it was that safe space where, like you said, you didn't necessarily have to be friends because you had the group, right? So, you know, you could join in, you could kind of sit back and watch and, and engage with your comfort level, like how any social media works. And then you can watch. People... Over time, as people show up, you can tell if they're authentic or if they're not, right? I mean, it's got to come out at some point. Uh-huh. And so having that safety net of being able to sit back and watch or participate and engage, you know, creates really good community for connecting quicker, I think, right? Is it still something that's
1: just local or has it grown now? Because you have a lot of people in that group. We have over 10,000 in the group, and it is not just businesses and entrepreneurs. It's also the public, the general public, because very early on, one of our early members pointedly asked, Chrisanne, there is nowhere for B2C businesses to connect like we're connecting. So generally, a networking event is B2B. You've got a lot of businesses networking with other business owners. And so they specifically ask, can we have this be open to consumers? And so the consumers are there asking for referrals and also maybe dreaming of becoming an entrepreneur someday at one point in time. And they have a network in which to do that because if they say, hey, I've been a long-time listener, first-time you know speaker, I can... I I can share with a group of people that are going to welcome them and receive them with, with warmth. It's very big. The reason for the name change from Lakeland business leaders to bridge local was to take the geographical like restriction out of it and to open it up more to the entire County of Polk County. I see. So people weren't like, well, I'm not from Lakeland. I'm not going to join. And so that really, but it is still really hyper sense, hyper central Florida focused.
0: Yeah. So because you started it, are you noticing that you see other things in the future, whether it be, you know, helping other entrepreneurs start something like this kind of connection, you know, themselves? Or do you feel like this is going to slowly kind of get bigger and bigger in the
1: radius of who you're covering? What ended up happening is I needed to find other people around the country doing something similar. But in 2010, when this launched, there wasn't really any conversation going on. And so I've just been constantly Googling community building, people who serve entrepreneurs, you know, just trying to find my tribe of other people who were doing similar work and get ideas on how to do it better you know how to innovate it how to make it more f- efficient maybe how to potentially scale some of the the, the networking and the resources part of it because it, it did turn into meeting in person types of things you know there at one point in time everybody's like hey this is great we're all on facebook but when are we going to meet in person and so then we started our networking events and then from there it was like all right the the extroverts loved the big events we'd have a hundred people show up for our networking events And then the introverts were like, can we have a breakfast? Could we have a lunch? So then we started for a while. I was doing nine events a month. It was a meet and greet at the end of the month and breakfast and lunch every week. One one breakfast, one lunch every week. And it it was the most fulfilling. I was exhausted, but it was the most fulfilling work that I've ever done because you could just see the connections and you could see the businesses start to go from, you know, I don't know anyone and I'm brand new, new kid on the block business but they made the right connection and that person introduced them to the next person and the doors just started to open and and it was it was accelerating their business's growth in a way that I don't think anything else could have have done for them.
0: You see it on social media happening, right? Could you feel it in the community as you started to just be out and about? I mean, pre-COVID obviously, but you know, you know when you walked around, did you see more people that you knew and it was a little bit more friendly or did you see a change or shift in the community outside?
1: Well, I'm always told about my smile. So I when I see people, I smile. I have a big, goofy smile. I'll tell a story about that if we have time. So yeah, I'm the person exuding the warmth and welcoming people in to say hello to me and and whatnot. And so since I had started this group, you know, thousands of people that I had not met in person, knew my face. And so they would start to say, are you Chrisanne? Are you Lakeland business leaders? And then you know, Bridge Local. And so it, it did start to spill out into the community in a way that, that was a little awkward at first because I was Facebook mm-hmm. famous. <laughs> and nobody that was not on Facebook knew what the heck it was going on? So there was this really interesting dichotomy between, you know, those that got it and those that were just like, what are you talking about? But, it, but it, here's a funny story that, too, that there's our, our local economic development community had, had hired a, a, a company called IDEO. IDEO, to come into Lakeland and kind of start to talk about the design thinking process and how it can help with community building. And the design thinking people from IDEO were launched out into the city to go kind of just meet people. And they happened across one of our networking events when we were having one setting, setting one up. And they were like, what's going on here? And so the girl that was helping was volunteering. She's like, you need to meet Chrisanne. So I meet these people. And they asked me to attend an event for our local economic development organization. And I'm like, why do they want me there? And they said, because they don't know that you exist and we need them to know that you exist. And I'm like, but I think that's exactly what they don't want me there for. So I find myself in this meeting with all of the incredible leaders of our community. And then there's me like Facebook famous, who the heck is she? It was a really interesting experience because they use the term the underground groups. They wanted to learn how to connect to the underground groups. And at that point in time, that's what I was. I was an under underground group. And so I applaud them for doing the work to try and help people who were working underground. We weren't trying to work underground. We really wanted to be connected and and start to be seen as relevant in the community. But it kind of does take sometimes that traditional mindset is, you know, we have to ordain this as valuable or, you know, Relevant before it actually becomes relevant, so that was an important step for us to just you know. But it was just showing up like there wasn't any intentionality behind it. It was just like happenstance, accidentally, suddenly I'm in this room.
0: Well, and I think it's interesting too because I don't, I know a lot of people don't necessarily like to be like an influencer, right? And it's funny because when you are on social media, and I'm exactly like you in my audiology world too, I'll be walking around conferences and people will know my face and like, oh my gosh, I know you from your shows, or I know you from dead and I'm like Thank you. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say, you know. But I totally get it. But you know, and I had this conversation with somebody about being an influencer, and it was actually about Clubhouse and how he hated it, right? And I was mm-hmm. like, well, oh, what exactly are you using it for, or why are you not liking it? I mean, I'm not trying to talk you into it because it's not for everybody. And I said, but I'm just, I don't, I'm just curious, you know. And so we had the conversation about being an influencer, and I thought it was really interesting because I still think this guy's an influencer, even though he's not on social. Media, right? But it's mm-hmm. different. And I think what they saw, the economic development people saw, was that you were an influencer and you had, right, the, um, the following per se. And I know for some people it makes it uncomfortable, but you do have this following and this community, I should say, or a community that has grown right. and it's a trusted community, right? And so mm-hmm. I think that it's really important to, whether it's above ground or underground or whatever it is, <laughs> you know, to combine that though, because I think that mm-hmm. there's so much value in both where you have these great conversations about developing your um, community around you for as well as developing almost like the emotional part of the community, right and having that
1: trust factor. I think that's super important. So I, I talk a lot about the culture and and, and and realizing businesses don't go into business to not be seen or to be invisible. So when we can create an ecosystem that allows them to to walk into the room knowing, I'm in a community that will will help me succeed. I don't need people to help me succeed necessarily, but I do need the, the 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 soil to be fertile, right? So that when I do plant my seeds, that the healthy soil is going to help me to grow and be able to produce, you know, produce healthy fruits. And so that is what to me is the conversation that has evolved for me since the very beginning is now this ecosystem conversation that you just that you just brought up.
0: Yeah. And I just think it's so important. Don't you have a podcast as well?
1: So I came kicking and screaming into the podcast world. My initial uh, podcast host, his name is Rob Arturi. He also has some podcasts and he actually I'm in our podcast booth inside of my office so it's like a studio it's a 10 by 12 you know soundproof booth in here that we can do recording for video and and, and audio podcasting and whatnot but he approached me probably two and a half years ago and said Chrisanne you need to have a podcast and I laughed at him i like, I don't need to have a podcast. Nobody wants to hear me talk. <laughs> and so we would we would have conversations and he kept picking at me picking at it, like reminding me that, see, this would be a good conversation for us to have on a podcast. See, this would be a good for and So finally I relented and I said, okay, at one of our events, I said, okay, guys, I'm saying it out loud on the record. I'm going to let Rob work me into having a podcast. We're going to do it. And so we came up with the name Elevate Polk, and he was an entrepreneur at the time. Now he has moved on and he's now working at our at our regional hospital. So he kind of left the podcast to me. So when we started it, it was really like, how do we bring all of the great things that are going on in Polk County related to everything into the podcast? And since Rob has left, I have I asked him, you know, as he was leaving, I was like, would you mind if I shifted the focus more toward where my heart is, which is the entrepreneurial ecosystem in Polk County? And so now the podcast is 100 percent focused on the entrepreneurial journey of Polk County, Polk County entrepreneurs and the ecosystem. And so I'm looking for show guests that want to come in from across the country that are entrepreneurial Mm. ecosystem builders that can talk about what's going on in their communities that that our local listeners would start to hear and go oh wow we could do that here because right now we're just kind of in a silo like getting our own ideas from our own community and, and entrepreneurship is so much more than that so i'm trying to advance that conversation
0: Are you finding a lot of people? Now, I know that I sent a really good friend over to you just learning about what you're doing, but are you finding a lot of people that are focused on building these ecosystems across the country or world even?
1: There is an entire movement. So when I finally found, remember I told you that I had, I had started Googling things a long time ago, trying to find community builders and whatnot. And I, at one point in time, I think it was on a Medium post that I found someone talking about community building and local local entrepreneurs. And somehow I found this, this post. And the term ecosystem, entrepreneurial ecosystem builders was described. And it was almost like someone had described me. And I said, oh my gosh, there's finally a place for me. There are people having this conversation, legitimately having this conversation. And it came out of Kansas City at the Kaufman Foundation. And so I just started religiously following everything that was coming out of the Kaufman Foundation. They have something called an eShip Summit. I think they've had it for the past four or five years. And they have an entire list of goals for entrepreneurial ecosystem builders so that we could all use the same vernacular and the same language in our communities so that eventually it starts to resonate across the board. And so, wow. yes, there are a lot of people... <laughs>
0: Doing yeah, the and I think it's so incredible. Okay, that's so cool because I've met that one person here in my hometown. You know that I met with, and it was so funny because I, I remember he he called me up and scheduled an appointment with me, and I had no clue who he was. And I said okay, so I sat down. And I just kept looking at him going, What are you doing? Like, what are you building? What are you growing? You know, and he explained it to me and I got it after that, you know. And that's why when Mm -hmm. I met you, I was like, Oh my gosh, you've got to connect to this guy, right? But it's interesting because I feel like if there wasn't, like I could see as you're starting to develop these processes, and I know you're a process person too, Mm -hmm. like how nice it would be to teach that to a leader in a certain area to start growing. But it sounds like there's a lot of people, hopefully at least learning around the same path and journey as you are to make sure that these entrepreneurs sometimes we call ourselves solopreneurs, right? Because you just feel like, number one, it's, you know, you've got your one business and you're like literally focused this way on it and you don't have time to look up to see that there are other people Right next to you that are probably going the same same way that you are. And if you could just kind of talk about it, collaborate, things like that, how much easier it would be for you. right?
1: And I think a lot of times they don't like you have you have your hometown, like where you live. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you network in real life when there isn't a pandemic. And so you have those relationships. But your connections go so much further than that, like all of the people that you're connected to through your through your social media, through all of that. And so you're not hyper focused necessarily on those connections at home. You know, you've right. got an online brand and you have your home based business, but you're not home based business, but your business that is in your hometown. But what we've seemed, what we fail to realize is, like you said, we're busy doing our work. We're, we're in our business. The nose to the grindstone is very real. And so for entrepreneurs who are not social media connected or wanting to get into the space that you and I are in, they don't have that network. I mean, they don't know how to build it. They don't have the resources to go and say, OK, well, I'm going to go jump in this Facebook group and I'm going to start to build relationships. And so they just feel like they are alone. They literally feel like there isn't anybody there who understands them, who will help them, who cares to help them to, to listen to their challenges or could help them maybe save a buck or two, avoiding some horrible pitfall that, you know, 99 percent of entrepreneurs who have gone down the path could have told them if they had just had somebody to ask. And that's the work. That's what I get hyped up about. (laughs) And that's what I
0: love, too, because I can see the passion. But do you feel like you're going to because I feel like you have the passion to be even teaching this right with with your processes that you're developing right now. Do you see that in yourself that you're going to start growing into maybe offering online courses at some point or, you know, even I don't know if it's masterminds or something like that, you know, for for these people that find you that might need that guidance.
1: I'm not going to say no, but I think I'm still so young in this process of figuring it out. I'm still so a lot like as as exciting as it is and as, as much success as I've had, I'm still struggling with this underground group mindset and the rest of the world. And so the traditional economic development mindset doesn't really have a place for entrepreneurs. And that's the big challenge. That's the big conflict. We have that saying that everybody says that small businesses are the backbone of the country. And yet that's like a lot of talk and not a lot of action. And so we don't treat entrepreneurs in local communities with this badge of honor and respect. We kind of treat them like second-rate citizens because you know, they just don't fit into the world of big corporate agreements and contracts. Mm-hmm. They don't have the resources. They're wearing all of the hats. And so they don't, they don't have, they don't fit the mold. And so it's just one of those things where I want to show the work that is worth admiring and why, like my mother is Cuban and her family gave up everything to come to this country. Why? Because of the opportunity that is here. And the fact that we work ourselves, we want to take the, the American dream, we want to make that actually mean something. And that's really where entrepreneurship for me has been a a lifesaver because it changed my life. But B, it has given me the opportunity to give back to others because I have such a passion for this topic.
0: So, talk to me a little bit because I feel like you know you've you've created this space on social media, right? You're creating um, even a slightly different space using a podcast, and now you're dominating like Clubhouse. You know, you don't have your club yet, but neither do we <laughs> either, right? But you're maneuvering and you're kind of like going in and out and really trying to figure out how is this new platform going to allow me and this passion and this idea um, to move forward. So talk about what you're doing on Clubhouse to now grow this, because I feel like Clubhouse is a little bit of a mix between Facebook, you know, some kind of social media platform that we're used to, but now bringing the bod- podcast side of it, right? Because it's all audio. Right. So what are you doing on Clubhouse to now use that platform to grow and to help entrepreneurs?
1: When I got on Clubhouse, I was in quarantine, so I had extra time on my hands. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have joined. Truly, because I'm so busy. I just, I was like, I don't have time. So I understand those who are saying, I hate Clubhouse. It's, I don't get it, or I don't have time for just another thing. But I had that time. And so I, luckily, I was able to get in and connect with people like you and, and the, the others that we have in our family to see oh my gosh, this is worth exploring. I need to spend my time here. Well, here's what I believe about relationships. One of the challenges that you have with social media is you have the social media flybys, right? You have the people who come in, they wanna be heard, they they wanna say their thing, but then they're flying by to be heard in the next room and then the next conversation. And so I am committed to the relationships that I decide that I'm going to build. That is why you see me in your room every morning. That is why I'm a part of your conversations because I'm not a flyby you know I am a I am a committed person when I find my tribe I want to be a part of that conversation so what I did when I decided to join Clubhouse was I made it my personal mission to And I called all of the all of the people around me close to me. And I said, you need to get on Clubhouse. And here's why. Hear me out. Before you say no, you don't have any time. Let me tell you why. I want Clubhouse because Polk County is how it can be characterized by people, even ourselves. Sometimes we're our own worst enemy. We will say that we're po dunk Polk County. Or we'll say, you know, so we are very, we're, we're kind of a micropolitan. We're n- nestled between these two metropolitan cities and we're, like, ugh, we're not even a bedroom community. We're just we're just unique. We're very special. <laughs> and so as a person from this community, I see how much of laggards we are. So we were, we were late to the game in adopting Facebook in our business world. We're late to the game on pretty much everything. And so I said, okay, as an innovator, as an early adopter, I want to raise the entrepreneurial vibe and make people go, wait a minute, what's going on in Polk County? Polk, there's all these people that are from Polk County that are from Lakeland wow. And so I said, let's get on the scene. Let's make a splash. Let's let people know what a cre- what a great, incredible, creative community we are. And so th- that's what I started to do. And so through that, I, I'm using the network that I currently have to start to utilize it Clubhouse for, you know, continuing the conversation and building, building whatever brand awareness we can around Polk County. Did you get a lot of people from Polk County on Clubhouse? There's, there's a pretty good number. There's probably a, a hundred, hundred and fifty, two hundred 150, 200 right now. Like, <sighs> It's, wow. it's it's growing <laughs> But they're not all they're all they're they're not all on for their own reasons. So it's kind of hard because it's like they're we're pulling them away from what they really think they need to be doing. So I'm intentionally then now co-modding rooms with some people saying, "Okay, what do you want to talk about? Let's co-mod a room. Let's get on this conversation so that they could start to internalize the value and see what it could possibly do for for themselves. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, they have to there has to be a value proposition for them to spend the time building you know, or, or doing anything on the app.
0: Well, and then this comes back to you too. Like you, you constantly develop this collaboration among your community, right? The outside community, not inside, like on social media. But as a result, you're growing your community <laughs> on social media and being able to connect to people that you wouldn't ever have had to connect, been able to connect to. Which that's what I love about social media, right? Mm-hmm, Is that mm-hmm. you never know when you're going to connect that one person or that people or the five people or the 10 people that you're all of a sudden going, wow, like if I didn't spend my time here, like I would have never been able to connect to these people. So, you know, that way even though you're not using them for business and it really is a collaboration of just like-minded individuals you know do you see yourself using clubhouse then more also for yourself right because you're doing everything for for people but if you don't we've learned this if you don't feed yourself right that you're not going to be able to feed the other people that and yeah. provide some things for the community that you're building so are you noticing that that is also what you're getting as well
1: well so the very fact that I'm on this show with you is an in, is the fact that I'm doing something for myself. This is the first time that I've ever guest podcasted on any show anywhere. I'm open to do it again and again and again because I want to share my message and I want to practice. I want to practice at what I'm sharing. But I am the person who gives the platform to everybody else. And so now I'm trying to a- a- adjust that slightly because I feel like nobody wants me to Nobody wants the platform to just be about me. That's why I admire so much what all of you are doing, because it is about sharing the stage. It is about sharing your stories. And so it's really just trying to model like, hey, how do I get into that club? Or how do I create a club that's similar to... That model, and then reciprocate—you know—the same exact, you know, repeat the same idea that you guys have created because it's genius, and you you have such wonderful, diverse thoughts and ways of sharing and, and expressing yourselves. So I really think at that some point in time, what what's going to be best for me is if I can get into a group of people that we consistently do what you guys are doing, and then that is how I want to grow my tribe and my brand and and build—you know—for myself.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and again. It it really was. I mean, we talked about this this week too about fate, you know, or choice, and it really was both. But it really was um crazy how we all came together and. And I mean, you know, from the start that, you know, a couple of people exited, but that's okay as well. But the vibe, I mean, is just, I, I don't know what happened. You know, I, I, I walked in and I literally said, okay, even though I wasn't going to, I was like, no, my word <laughs> is released this year, you know, and then on December 30th, of course, I pick up Clubhouse. And so I was like, I thought I was going to release things, which I did, right. but then I picked yep. up Clubhouse, right? But it's feeding me so much that it's one of those things that I, I'm super, super thankful for, you know. But again, you know, I, I want I want this to be about you and I love learning about, you know, what you're doing. Do you, do you think that, you know, if anybody's interested in maybe doing something like what you're doing, right, or even being part of your Facebook group to see what you're doing and to kind of see if it's something that they want to
1: do, you know, how would they get involved? So I would love to start coaching that very same thing. I haven't created a product. I don't have a plan yet. But very early on, a lot of people came to me and said, hey, I want to start an, a, an LBL, Lakeland Business Leaders, the original, in such and such a city. I want to do this over here. I want to do this over here. And I said, you guys, I'm still trying to figure out even how to make it sustainable. So it's not time for me to tell you how to do this because it's going gonna, it's gonna to fail. Like I, I still haven't figured it out yet.
0: So people that are listening to this that want to see what you're doing, can possibly go um, and actually check it out. And it's actually called Bridge Local, right? Yes, Bridge Local Public Forum is what it's called. Okay. Awesome. All right. So that way they can at least get connected and see what you're doing and maybe even reach out. I love that you're thinking about at some point, like you said, I, I totally get, you know, you're not at the place to do it right now, but for a systems and process person, you know, I'm hoping that you're taking notes exactly of what you're doing from start to finish and then seeing yeah. the results, right? We definitely have a lot of notes. That's definitely something that I'm learning along the way as I'm developing new things um, and new ideas. So I love that. You know, is there, is there like... Any type of projects or stories that you've done with this group that may have touched your heart. And, you know, it really is the reason why you continue to give of your time this way. It's really your time and your energy, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There are so many different stories. I think the one that I can just share that's the easiest to get your head around every time we have a meet and greet, we have a nonprofit that we do a raffle and we give money to the nonprofit. And the nonprofit also has the opportunity to speak and kind of have some visibility in the business community. So, you know, you know that entrepreneurs are a lot more things than just business owners. They are. They go to churches, they have children in schools, their kids are playing Little League, they touch every single corner of your community. And so when there are these very small nonprofits that don't necessarily have budgets for marketing and they're not known around the community, we kind of lock arms with them and want to help get their stories told. So we'll give them that space. And that way, if there's a volunteer opportunity that a business owner wants to either maybe their child needs service hours or maybe they themselves want to become a participant and and participate in the 5k or volunteer or do something so it's additional exposure for Donors, but also for people to get connected to the cause, and so we do that every single time. And it's it's not a whole lot of money that we end up raising. It's usually around four hundred, maybe five hundred dollars for you know each event. But it's just the opportunity to, to gain that additional exposure. Again, the platform allows us to tell the story. Of, of some of those untold stories that are still, you know, under, un, underground. And I love how it just brings the community
0: together, because anytime that you're working on something that um, is lifting something like a nonprofit up, right, I think that it really brings that community together, not only to learn a little bit more about something that is right in their backyard, you know, and they're like, Oh, my gosh, I had no idea. Um, that that existed, but then mm-hmm. also to really elevate that nonprofit. And sometimes the smaller nonprofits have such a difficult time, you know, even raising that four hundred to five hundred dollars. And so it's something that's really nice to be able to do. And again, rally the community and have so many other outlets of. Like what you said, right? Like maybe one of the, their kids needs some hours to get for um school or whatever for volunteer hours.
1: A lot of times there, there are parents that will come on and say, my kid needs service hours. And so that's that's the beauty of the forum. You know, it's the opportunity to connect to whatever. I mean, we had some of the craziest things that have like over the years, people have asked for, I mean, there, there was somebody who was broken down on the side of the road one day and said, Hey, I'm broken down on the side of the road. Can somebody come and give me, you know, help me. And wow. So they posted it in the group Mm-hmm. and somebody came and helped them. They were locked out of another person was locked out of their car. We have a you know locksmith that's a member. And they just were, I think it was a, a kind of a, a scary moment where I think maybe there were kids that were locked in the car or something like that. But like, it's, it's like, Super quick responses to people's needs, and they're being met in such a great wonderful way why would anyone right want to stop that <laughs> like it's just such a, an empowering knowledge that things are happening and people are, are having their needs met it's it's fantastic
0: that's so true because i've been part of like neighborhood facebook groups as well and you know as well as a very large facebook group that has like over i think 30 or 40,000 right it really stands the test of time that that group is the, are filled with those members that care about each other. And it's because of the engagement of the group, again, that that trust is there. And so if you are broken down, like you're really going to get somebody who's going to help you, you know, it's not going to be some weird you know, thing or anything like that. I remember a group that I was in, the actual person who ran the group was driving and this was Christmas Eve and he ended up stopping and seeing just a young kid with a big, huge garbage bag over his shoulder and decided like, at first he was like, mm, I need to just keep going, right? I've got my son in the car and everything. I, I can't be picking up anybody, you know? And he started to go his his way. And I think the son saw, and the son said something like, dad, are you going to pick up that that kid that you saw, right? And it, it was mm-hmm. a younger kid. And uh, not young, young, but maybe like mm, 18 or 19 or something like that. Uh-huh. And so he turned around, picked him up, got him a meal. Talked to him during the meal, took him to, you know, Walmart, got the essentials, drove him. He was actually walking. I think it was three miles and it was raining. And so um, actually drove him to where he was going. To, he was changing shelters. And then he said, you know what? I'm going to come back tomorrow on Christmas Day, you know, or whatever it was. Well, meanwhile, mm-hmm. on this Facebook group, he posted this whole story and he took a picture of his son, you know, in a cart, a shopping cart at at Walmart and he posted it oh my gosh, over, I could not believe the amount of members that reached out. Okay. If he goes to this thing tomorrow, there's a job waiting for him. You know, there was things like that. Right. And it's like, I'm sending, you know, I'm sending this, you know, to, to you, the one who actually owns the group, not, not just to this, this, this kid but and and so what happened was there was this donation site and it ended up being where he raised all this money but he was the steward of the money for this for this kid that he had picked up so that we didn't wow. just give it to them yeah and then he came back and shared how that money was spent and what's going on now and it was a great you know just story and and really goes to show that the time and the energy that you put into developing a group that has this trust and has this community really is something, you know, to to be proud of. And, you know, just again, going back to the consistency of, of you <laughs> as a young Chrisanne, <laughs> um, going to now the consistency of whatever passion and this happens to your passion, but this passion that you have to to develop this community. And it's not just for you, it's for other people. I mean, I just absolutely love how the circle went full, you know, around and is using some of the things that you thought were bad in your life, right? Because you're like, oh, yeah, I was a little brat, and you know, but really uh-huh. it is you working that hard to bring that to other people because, you know, you're consistent. And, and that's so important to you.
1: It feels good to help people. It feels good to know that there are people who value the work that we're doing. But I think ultimately, at the end of the day, the story that I want everyone to who's listening to, to think about is to inspire generosity is the greatest gift that you can give. So, Entrepreneurs by their very nature are generous. That is just what I have found. Mm-hmm. If you, you, The most successful entrepreneurs are people who have probably given back more than the fortune that they have earned just by helping, whether it's through donations, but also through mentorship and through helping others through challenging times or just picking up a, a kid on the side of the road one night because, you know... Mm-hmm it's just in us. And so generating more of that in our world and connecting a better world as I'm here having this conversation with you. I believe the power within entrepreneurs is great. The the opportunity within entrepreneurs is great. If we can unlock more of that for more entrepreneurs to succeed, we would have, you know, an exceptional world. So I, I really feel that strongly. Amen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I have one last question cuz I want to bring it back to to you again. So, I always love to ask this question and, you know, I know that you've just dropped some wisdom, but if there's one, if, you know, if you look back and you're like, okay, the the young Chris Sam, like there's no way I would have had, you know, like maybe at that time you're like I don't know if I would have ever been where I am right now. Right. So what's one piece of advice that you can that you are able to share with my listeners on just making the world a better place, you know, no matter who you were at a young age. Right. But what is the one piece of advice looking back now that you could get, say, Hey, anybody can do this, right? I did this. And this is something that I'm passionate about, but what is that step that they need to take just to make this world a better place?
1: So I would say, right at the very beginning, I had an idea and I took action. That was how this whole thing started. And I think I now can look back on it and feel like it was a nudge. I'll say it's a nudge from God, but you might say it's a nudge from the universe. And I would say my piece of advice would be to listen to those nudges. When this weird idea comes into your head and you say, well, that's that doesn't make any sense. Or how would I make money doing that? Like, that's the biggest question sometimes people that that shut people down from even trying to do something is like, it doesn't feel like I could ever monetize that. Forget the monetization for a minute. Think about the opportunity of what you can give to the world. And I love what Oprah has said, do what you love and the money will follow. And so doing what I love is where I have found my own success Am I a millionaire? No. Do I even want to be? I don't think so, but that's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to to give back and to share the love that has been given to me so generously and pass that on and hopefully inspire others to pass that on and to keep passing it on. So that's the advice that I would give is listen to the whispers, to the nudges that you're getting from the universe or from God and take some action and do something. He's not putting those ideas in your head for you to push them aside. He's putting those ideas in your head for you to do something with them.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to Connecting a Better World and thank you NOCO FM for supporting this show. If you haven't heard, NOCO FM is dedicated to bring diverse voices and spotlighting a unique culture to Fort Collins and beyond. For more information, please visit www.noco.fm. If you connected to something in this episode, we would love to hear from you. Our contact info will be listed in the show notes, as well as you can reach us on our social media channels. Please feel free to share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more shows, please tune in to NOCO.FM online.